Oh, God is so good. You know, I love to praise him, but you know what I love more? I love the word of God. I love the word of God because it said he sent his word and it healed them. You know, this says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I am so grateful for that this morning. I'm going to, I'm not apologizing. I'm just going to tell you how it is. I probably will be in that for about five seconds. And I'm going to try to be cognizant of the fact that this is on Facebook. But if I, I feel the need to run around, Pastor Bob, I just might do that. Um, <laughs> so this morning I was talking to, to Pastor Bob in the office. He took me to the office. All right. When you were in school, if you ever went to the office, that necessarily wasn't always a good thing. But this morning it was a good thing. But he took me to the office and he started preaching my sermon to me. <laughs> and I love how God confirms his word. How he tells us what he wants us to dispense. And then he uses somebody to speak it back into you to confirm that that is what he wants to say. So this morning we're going to be turning to the book of Ephesians, I mean Philippians Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. And, and I was kind of cheating a little bit. Not really, I'm just kidding. Um, I was watching Pastor Bob's message from last week on the Facebooks there, and, and I was listening to what he was dispensing, what the Word of God was speaking through him. Because that's what a minister is, right? A minister is an oracle of the Word of God. He is a dispensary of the Word of God. We pour it into ourselves, and then we pour out of ourselves. And so this morning, I want to share a little of the oil of the Lord that is in my spirit. And I want to pour into your cruise a little bit this morning what God is dispensing. But that was what was happening in the office this morning as Pastor Bob was, was pouring into my cruise. And... And my title of my message this morning is called Leaving Yesterday Behind. So many times we find ourselves not living for the moment. We're living for tomorrow or we're living for the past. We're not being useful in the present. So today, and I don't care your age, your status, your ability physically, you have a purpose and a plan for your life according to the will of God, and it is going to happen if you will put yourself in a position to be used of God. There's nothing about your story that can't, that can't stop today's glory. You understand that? There's nothing about your story that can stop today's glory. You have a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's read our text, shall we? That I may, starting in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I tell you what, that's a powerful statement right there. That's a mouthful in just that particular scripture. We'll get back to that. Being made conformable unto his death. Verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, 
But this one thing, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything you be otherwise minded, God will reveal even this unto you. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Lord God, for your word. It is perfect, Lord God, and it is used for our edification, Lord God, for correction, for all of the things that it is purpose, Lord God. I pray this morning that it would be used accurately and for those intended purposes. Lord God, let every word I speak, Lord, be of you. Lord God, through your Holy Spirit, may I give utterance of your word and not of myself. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord Jesus, and may the hearers be edified, and may you be glorified, Lord God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Forgetting those things which are behind. It's, it's hard for us to forget things, isn't it? As a human being, we retain things. Even though we shouldn't sometimes keep the things that we keep, we hold on to things, we hold on to, we harbor grudges, we hold on to hurts, we, we hold on to perceived slights, we hold on to slights, because our perception is, I say perceived slights, because maybe it wasn't intended that way, but that's the way we perceived it. And all of these things that we hold on to, or we might hold on to yesterday's glory, we might hold on to the victories that we once had. But in all things, Paul here is saying, forgetting those things which are behind leaving them in yesterday because yesterday i can't do one thing about yesterday right who here can go back in time i want to know you all right because there's a few things i'd like to change but we can't can we but i have a jesus a god that is outside of time time does not exist with god time is a construct he gave to us so we could number our days but we have a god who is outside of time one time I was praying, I was like, God, what is, what is happening in my life right now? You know, I was all con- misconstrued and I was all stressed out and anxiety. Anxiety is not of God, church. Okay, anxiety is not of God. But I, it says be anxious for nothing, right? So I know that already, but I was holding on to stuff. So I was like, God, I got all this going on and all this stuff's happening in my life. And you know what he showed me, Pastor Bob? He showed me a timeline. He showed me a timeline of the beginning of time and the end of time. In the beginning of time, I could see the creation of the world, like on this timeline. And the end of time was this gray mist. Okay? And everything that I know biblically and all the historical events throughout time, I could see on this timeline happening at the exact same time. And God showed me, he says, this is what I see right now. I can, in in his vision... In him, David is killing Goliath right now the same time I'm talking to you in this church. That's mind-blowing to us. It's like, how is that possible? So when God looks at you and the devil tells you you're not worth it or you're not worthy, God says, I see the finished you. I already see the finished product. I know what you will become. I know who I've made you to be. I know who you're going to end up. But in the moment, it seems so egregious to us. In the moment, we're like, we can't forget those things that happen to us. That's how I identify. That's, that's who I am. These decisions have made me who I am. That's errant thinking, church. Jesus Christ in the cross has made you who you are. 
today. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are no longer who you were, for all things have become new. Old things have passed away. I'm preaching louder than you're shouting. Anyways, that is the power of the cross, and we have to forget those things that are behind us. And it takes an act of the cross of Jesus Christ for us to be able to lay them down. But it's needful, church. Because in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 19, and you can turn if you want, but I'm just going to read it. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We're just talking about anxiety. But you have received the spirit of adoption. I want to tell you today who God says you are. Okay? The spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. When you got saved, I want to tell you, nobody had to tell you you were changed. Because your spirit was now alive and it bore witness to that action that just happened. You no longer are the same person you were before you said, Jesus Christ, I need you. I'm sorry for what I've done. Come into my heart and change me from the inside out. Because you can change your mind, but you'll do the same thing again. But if you change your heart and you change the desires that are within you, your mind will follow your heart. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Yes, glory. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him. Look what Paul had just written in Philippians. That I might know him and become acquainted with the fellowship of his suffering. The Word of God edifies itself. It, it bolsters what it says. And right here it says that we suffer with Him that we may be also glorified together. And, and Pastor Bob and I were talking. He mentioned John chapter 17, which we'll get into that. That we may be glorified together. And Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, Lord, the Father, the glory that I had with You Give it to them. Give it to them. He wants to clothe you with his glory. Do you understand that the, the reason why I have a problem with the government? Because they try to tell me what to do. I'm not going to get political. But I want to tell you this much. If what the government is telling you is contrary to the word of God, you better obey the word of God. You better do what the Bible is telling you to do. Because at some point, I'm going to be standing in front of a white throne of God and I'm going to be judged for all the things that I did or didn't do. It's not going to be any political person or entity that is sitting on that white throne. No man, no man has the authority to tell you what is eternal. Only by the word of God can we know what is eternal. Because that which is eternal is of the Spirit. And we're going to read that later in this message. So when you look at this world and the goings-on, and we have a little bit of a fear of the calamity, right? Let's be honest here this morning. We have a, we have a concern for what is happening around us. 
because we have an uncertainty. But I want to tell you this morning, we have a certainty in Jesus Christ. We don't have to look at the world and say what is going on, even though we do say what is going on, because in our minds, we can't comprehend the ignorance that we see on a daily basis, spewed from our television sets, paraded down our streets, that is the new normal. Well, there's no such thing as normal. Who defines normal? My God is so far outside of normal, I never want to be normal. I never want to be what people consider normal. I want to be an advocate of the cross of Jesus Christ. So like they said to the, to the apostle, you are mad. You're a nut job. This, all this learning has made you nuts. Yes, I am. I am completely cuckoo bonkers and off my rocker for Jesus Christ. And there is no cure for that. And I don't want one. Because if they want to make me normal, then I, I'm going to just show them how. I'm going to be like David. You think I'm crazy now? You ain't seen how crazy I can be. I ain't running up and down the streets in an ephod, dancing before the Lord. Praise God. I'm not in jail either, so that's good. That could be bad. But we look at the world around us, and we determine our actions by what the world is doing that's horrible that's not good theology we should determine our actions according to the will of god and what he has revealed for us to be doing the word says in all your ways acknowledge him where are you gonna have breakfast this morning where are you supposed to get gas in your car today that seems trivial to you but I'm telling you, the Word of God is without error. And when it says, in all things, He means in all things. I'm falling far short, Pastor Bob. I like to drive my cart. And I, sometimes I put the cart well before the horse. And I end up tore up. And I think, God, why am I in this mess? He's like, well, take a look in the mirror. And you'll see the guilty persons. Raise your hand and point at yourself and say, it was me. Ready? Do it. It was me. When we have a problem in life that we find ourselves in, it's our fault. Choices we make, decisions that we make, they are powerful. Our choices have consequences. Verse 18, but I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Do you understand it says in the word of God that with unveiled face that they might behold the glory of the Lord. I hope that your countenance is shining forth the love and the light of Jesus Christ. You know, the priests, when they would look into the laver, they would look into the labor to behold their reflection so they could see if there was any impurities upon them. So that they could clean themselves up. By, by the power and grace of God, I would that we would all show a clean image of Jesus Christ to this world. That they would want what we have. There's a saying in the world, oh, you're down with a sickness. Well, I, I tell you what, I am ill with Jesus Christ, and I would that they were all down with the sickness. Because Paul said, hey, I would that you all were, even as I am, except for these bonds. 
Because didn't, didn't, didn't he say, you've almost persuaded me to be a Christian. And he's like, oh, I would that you were just like me. I wish that I had the ability to take and unplug my heart from my chest and plug it into somebody else so that they could feel the love of Jesus Christ that I feel on a daily basis because it would change them in a moment. Nineteen, Verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's us, church. That's us. The word says, to them gave he power to what? Become. We're not quite there yet. As a church, we need to be walking in demonstration power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that there are going to be those that set themselves apart, that are going to be sanctified in the name of Jesus Christ, that are going to be doing greater works than these. Shall ye do? You want to know... I don't believe any one person individually is going to do greater works than Jesus Christ. But if you get 17 million people doing the works of Jesus Christ, is that not greater works? I believe that that is coming. There is a unification within the body of Christ. There is a unification in the body of Christ. It said he will fitly assemble. He will assemble them together. Not us. We can do it in our own power. I've, I've tried to put a puzzle piece in the wrong spot to the point where I got scissors out and trimmed it. True story. But it wasn't where it was supposed to go. So now my puzzle's incomplete. And even though I made it, I made it fit. I could pound that baby in there and it would fit, but it wasn't where it went. And sometimes we try to do that with certain things in our life. Sometimes we think... I'm going to make this fit. I'm not ready to let go of this. But what do we just read? Forgetting those things which are behind us. We can't live on yesterday's manna. We can't live on yesterday's anointing. You know, when Moses walked up to the rock a second time, he was told to speak to it. Right? Moses had a bad time. He was disobedient. He did what he wanted to do. And he wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. Are you hearing what the word's saying this morning, church? I want to tell you who you are in Jesus. First John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not. I want to tell you something, church. In John chapter 17, Jesus prayed that we would be in the world, but not of the world. There's a huge difference between being in the world and being of the world. When you're in the world... You interact with the people that are around you. You are seen of people. When you're of the world, you're one of them. When you are of the world, you belong to the world. When you're in the world, you are just a stranger in the night passing through, a pilgrim on a journey, because this is not our home. 
This is not our home. Romans chapter 12, verses 2 through 5. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, your high place, the place where you generate some really bad ideas. Because it says, in all our ways to acknowledge him, right? So when we have our own ideas, our own thoughts, our own philosophy, our own way of looking at things, and I'm not saying your perspective is wrong, because if you allow your perspective to be swayed by the truth of the word of God, that is correct for you. Because you look differently at situations than I would look at situations. So you might come at a problem with the right solution, whereas I might come at the problem with the wrong solution. Just because I use a hammer to pound a screw into a wall doesn't mean it's the right tool for the job. But the truth of the Word of God is always the same. Pastor Bob might read a scripture and gain a certain truth from that scripture. And I can read that same scripture and I can gain a truth that may be slightly different than what Pastor Bob read. But God knows the application of that scripture to my personal life in my moment of need. And he speaks to us individually. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind you know it says to put on the helmet of salvation don't you think that renews your mind all things are made new at the cross right you put on the helmet of salvation what is that a symbol of it is the symbol of letting the mind of Christ reside in us so that we might think what he thinks. That we might see what he sees. That we might feel what he feels. You know, he gave us emotions. And that is some of the strongest strengths and the weakest weaknesses that a human being can have. Because if you allow your emotions to be ruled by your carnal mind you'll be the wishy-washiest person you've ever met in your life, and you'll be a roller coaster. But if you allow your emotions to be governed by your spirit and the word of truth within you through Jesus Christ, it is the greatest strength that you will ever have. Because without emotions, we have no love. We have no empathy. We have no compassion. And what does it say in the Word? It says, Jesus looked on them, and he was moved with compassion. Forgetting those things which are behind. Pressing on. Renewing our mind. Daily receiving our daily bread. Seeking the Lord. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Ouch. I'm not all that. Right? The saying was back in the 90s, well... She's all that and a bag of chips. I don't know what that had to do with anything, but apparently she came with chips. But we're not all that. This is my righteousness, mine. I could live my life without sinning outside of Jesus Christ. That's impossible, okay? But I could live my life doing nothing but good works. 
and all my righteousness is as filthy rags. My works are not going to hold up. They're empty. But inside the truth of Jesus Christ and inside the power of the cross, now my works have merit. Now my works are important. But it's not by works, people say. Well, I'm telling you something. We are going to have our works tried as with fire, the word says. So you better be doing some works. There better be some gainful employment in the spirit of God. But to think soberly, soberly, seriously, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in one body, and all members not ha- have not the same office. I'm not a pastor. I'm an evangelist. I'm not, I'm not here to, to take over any particular role. I'm here to blow in, blow up, and blow out. You know, my dad had a saying, you're lucky that I'm not a pastor, my dad would say, because I can come in, he says, and I love the sheep, and I hug the sheep, and I pet the sheep, but eventually I'll eat the sheep. Because there are given offices, but not the same one to everybody. You have a purpose. You have a purpose in Jesus Christ, and it's not to live in yesterday. It's not to stay on the other side of the Jordan. It's to move forward in Jesus Christ. So let's keep going, church. When we read in Philippians, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward unto the things which are before, I looked up that word forgetting. And it means to lose out of mind. By implication, to neglect to become forgetful of. That's a choice, church. That's a choice. You you need to choose to forget the things that are in your past. Do you understand when when, when God says that he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness? Do you understand that God does not have a slack memory? It's not like he is forgetful. He's perfect. He knows what happened before time began, and when time is gone, he knows. So it's not like he is, becomes absent-minded about your sin. I want to tell you something, church, this morning. It is a cognitive decision on God's part not to remember your wrongdoing. That is far more powerful than being absent-minded. That is a willing act of love to choose to forget something. I don't deserve that. But you know what? He has made me worthy of it. And I want to... I want to share with you this morning the love of Jesus Christ is such that he has made everyone here that has asked him into their heart, he has made you worthy. He challenged me the other night to challenge my Bible study group. He says, ask him a question. So I did. He says, who here on a Sunday morning sits in church and feels unworthy? 
And almost without equivocation, everybody was like, that's me. And then God says to me, he imparts to my spirit, now ask them this question. So why is the blood of my son not enough? And I sat there and I was like, ouch. He lowered a sheet in front of Peter and said, Peter, her eyes kill and eat. And Peter says, I can't touch that stuff. I'm paraphrasing. He's like, you know I can't do that, Lord. And he says, well, stop calling unclean that which I have cleansed. We need to stop calling ourselves unworthy because how are we supposed to walk in the power in the heirdom of who we are in Jesus Christ if we continually believe ourselves to be unworthy? I'm not talking about getting a head trip and being egomaniacs. But I'm talking about walking humbly in the belief that we are made righteous through Jesus Christ and His shed blood. And that we are to stop minimizing who we are because that is the enemy's favorite tactic is to try to convince you that you're nothing. But we're going to leave that in yesterday, church. We're going to forget that. We're going to leave it behind us. We're going to lay that down at the foot of the cross and we're going to walk on and we're going to walk into the power and the truth of who Jesus Christ made us to be so as we see ourselves becoming perfected that we will rightfully dispense of the Word of God and that we will see the situations that need attending to and that we will have the power to walk into those situations and to change the outcome. Because we don't we don't serve a powerless God, and He doesn't want a powerless people. As a matter of fact, He says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. It's not about today. I mean, it's not about tomorrow. It's about today. You know, the, the, there's, a, there's a saying in, in the world that is, that is, the past is history, tomorrow is a mystery, Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. It might not be biblical, per se, but it's a very good truth. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. Did we not say this morning, today is a day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care if it's raining, if it starts snowing outside, God forbid, but I am going to rejoice in my ability to live and breathe and have my being in this moment. Jesus, by your glory and your righteousness, make me who I am to be today. That I will be a better person, a better Christian, a better example of the cross of Jesus Christ today than I was yesterday. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 18 says, Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace, we talked about that this morning, Pastor, might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. Rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, hallelujah, let it be gone, yet the inward man is renewed, what? Day by day. 
forgetting those things which are behind. Amen. For our light affliction. It doesn't seem light, does it, when you're in a moment? It doesn't seem light. It, it seems very grievous sometimes. When our furnace looks like it might be a $6,000 instead of a $7 nozzle, right? So when we have our moments in Jesus Christ, we know that, that we seems like it's grievous, but it says that it is a light affliction, which is but for a moment. But here it is. It works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Hmm. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That reminds me of Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, church. Do you understand? This word is perfect. It leads us. It guides us. It's correction. It's edification. The Holy Spirit has come to give it life so that we might understand it. And He will lead and guide us into some truth. I lost you there. All truth. He will lead and guide us into all truth. So when you hear people spouting lies, let them lie. When you, you can't change that. Pray for them. Ask God to reveal the truth. But if they're living in lie, you can shine a little light on it, right? You can shine a little light of Jesus on it and say, hey, that's, I don't think that's right. That's errant. But if they won't hear the truth, walk on. Kick the dust off your feet, Pastor. Absolutely. Because we are not called to go backwards. It said that there was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night leading the children of Israel in the wilderness. That I wouldn't go backwards. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 16 and verse 19, it says, See, I have set before you this day, life, this day, this day, life and good, death and evil, and that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God shall bless you in the land wherever you go to possess it, I call heaven and earth, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. Now, obviously, God was talking to the children of Israel. He was talking to his chosen people in this passage of Scripture. But do you think that's any less applicable for us today? Why would it have been included in the Word of God if it was only about the New Testament? There's a lot of churches that are only preaching the New Testament these days, church. It's a travesty. Jesus didn't quote the New Testament when he came. It wasn't written. He quoted the Old Testament. He said, when, when he was in the wilderness being tempted of the devil, he didn't jot down some new stuff. He told them what was written. People say, well, resist the devil and he has to flee. Well, you're forgetting the first step in that, problem, in, that, in that particular equation. Submit yourself unto God. Jesus did that. He said, it is written. He submitted himself to the truth of the word and said, 
It is written. And he spoke the word. And Satan had to vamoose. So don't forget that first part of that verse. Submit yourself unto the Lord. Then resist the enemy. And he has to flee. Start testifying of the goodness of God. Right? We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Psalms 118.24, we've already said it. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Be present in today, church. Don't look back. Stop living in the past. Moving forward. I know that the current state of affairs in this country, in the world, looks bleak. It looks like we're, we're in for it. Jesus said, while you're in the world, you'll suffer trouble. You will have things that you will go through. But be of good comfort. Because I have overcome the world. He says, I've already done it for you. I am already there. But yet, he also tells us in the word that he remembers that we're dust. And that he is still perfecting us. But I will say to this, this to you, to whom much is given, much is required. So if you have a lot, you need to be dispensing a lot. And what little you do have, don't count it as forsaken. Because I know a story about a lady who cast all that she had into the treasury and into the offering plate. A half a penny. A half a penny. And Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, she has given more than all of these combined because she did out of her want cast in. She's even given all of her living. There's a challenge for you. Young man came to Jesus and said, Master, I want to I want to follow you. What do I, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him, he says, do these things. And he said, those I've done since my youth up. He says, Jesus looked on him and he loved him. And he says, well, there's one thing you're lacking. There's one thing. Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And it says, the young man went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. Mm. We have to be willing to lay it all down, church. Abraham had to be willing to lay it all down. When he went up the hill with Isaac, and went about what happened the day before, or all of the things that Abraham had been through, and all the things that he had done, the promises that God had given to him, all those were yesterday. In the moment, Abraham is walking up the mountain 
with Isaac. Isaac's like, where's the, where's the, where's the ramp? Where's the, where's the, where's the sheep, Father? The Lord will provide. Do you imagine there was a little bit of sorrow in Abraham's heart walking up that mountain? I have two boys. So I know a father's heart. And I would not want to have to experience the anguish that Abraham was going through. How much did Abraham believe that the Lord would provide? Enough that there was a ram in the bushes. But he went almost all the way with the with the request of God. And God stayed him. And he provided a ram. Church, today the Lord has provided a Savior. He's provided a spotless lamb for us. And he wants our mouths to tell everybody that we know that has a pulse about that lamb. He wants us to speak the gospel of the good news. The word says to be ready at any moment to give an answer to anyone that would ask of you of the hope that lies within you. I hope that you could truly do that. I, my prayer is, is that we've equipped ourselves by studying the Word of God and allowing God to work on us, that if somebody was to ask you, if you leave this place and go wherever you're going, that you would be properly equipped to give them the gospel of peace. That we would be so worried about living in yesterday that we wouldn't be present in today. The Lord spoke to me the other day. He does that a lot. If you listen, He will. He says, My sheep know my voice. Another they will not follow. So if you listen and give time for Him to speak, we like to give Him our grocery list and then run. He's so much more than that. He's not a hardware store. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he has an active concern and interest in our lives. And he wants, to, he wants to impart to us. Why do you think he says, be still and know that I am God? We need to slow down and hear the word of God. We need to understand that it's meant for us. Every scripture in this word is meant for us. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be in there. But I was studying... And God gave me a word for our church, but I believe it's for more than just our church. And I was sharing with pastor this morning. He gave us a word in a prayer meeting, a word of edification. He said, seek me early. Seek me early. Arise and seek me early. For every day you must get fresh bread. Even as... My children who were in the wilderness collected manna every morning. We must seek fresh anointing, fresh bread for today. He said that he would take the small 
in lowly places and that he would exalt them. He said that Bethlehem wasn't significantly known in the time of Jesus Christ. But today, it is still known because of the work that God did within it. He said that he will take and use us to make a mountains, mountains abased <clears throat> and make the abased into mountains. And I listened to the word that God delivered. And then Friday morning, he led me to this scripture. Isaiah 41, chapter, chapter 41, verses 10 through 15. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. If we stop there, that is, that is great. But it's not, it doesn't stop there. There's an adversary that seeks us. It says so in the word. There are those he uses. We don't war against flesh and blood, but there's a lot of flesh and blood doing the work of the enemy. Okay? Our war isn't with them personally. It's with the darkness that's driving them. But let's read verse 11. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. You will seek them, and they will, and shall not find them. Even them that contend with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm, Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I, I want to I bring your attention to that little bit of phrase right there. There is a comma between saith the Lord, comma, and thy Redeemer. Comma, the Holy One of Israel. I hope you all understand who that is. There is one Redeemer who was slain before the foundation of the world. Behold, I will make thee a new, sharp, threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small, and shall make the hills as chaff. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. The Lord led me to this after going to Isaiah 41, and I was having myself a little glory moment up on my couch. I won't lie to you. I sit on my nice comfy couch, and I involve myself in the Word of God, because without it I am nothing. Without Jesus, you don't need James Blodgett. If I leave here and you forget who I am, you've lost nothing. But if I leave here and you forget who Jesus Christ is, you've lost everything. I am merely a servant to the Word of God. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 6-10. through 10, The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and He brings up. The Lord makes the poor and makes the rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill. Oh, thank you, Jesus. To set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. So if you see yourself as nothing, if you have had a past full of nothing, I want to tell you something. God can take you from your stinky pile of crap and put you in to the penthouse. 
You understand? It says, it says so right there. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will keep them, he will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. And the Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. I'm not worried about what the world can do to me. I know that God is a God that saves. Isaiah 41, 17 and 18, When the poor and needy seek water and there is none, and their tongue fails for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers and high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I'm going to close with this verse here. Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 21. Remember ye not the former things, neither, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. This morning, Pastor, we were talking about in your office, you spoke about how God is a personal God and how he formed us. He spoke the animals. I'm going to quote Pastor this morning. He spoke the everything else into existence. Man, he formed. I, I like that. Thank you for letting me use that. He is a personable personal savior he is not a god he says who shall go over the seas who shall ascend into heaven who will go into the depths i know who did that for me jesus christ ascended into heaven and he went into the depths and he walked upon the water for me so that i don't have to carry yesterday another moment I don't have to drag the things that try to weigh me down because he said that I am priceless because God sent his best. And you are priceless. Don't live in the past. Don't allow the circumstances we see around us because the words that we just read. When the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue fails for thirst, the Lord hears them. And he makes rivers in the desert. Who else but God? Who else but God? Who else but God can make a rock pour water out of it? I'll tell you this much. If you don't praise him, you'll hear a rock sing. These are some pretty talented rocks. We got singing rocks. We got, you know, water dispensary rocks. says there's not two sparrows sold for a farthing 
And if one of them falls to the ground, he knows it. Are you not of much more value than many sparrows? He loves you, church. He loves you with an everlasting love. I read in the Word, there's only a few things that will never pass away. Right? It says His love, His Word, and His mercy. And I'm so grateful for all three. I need them every day. I need them every day. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness that we don't deserve, but you have made us worthy. That you have clothed us with the robe of righteousness. Lord God, that we might know you. Even as your servant said, that I might know him. Lord God, that today we would leave the things that we've dragged far beyond the cross, that we would sever the ties with the things that hold us back. Lord God, that we would diminish who we are, that we might become more like you. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that your word today has encouraged, Lord God, and has uplifted your people. Lord, that you have allowed it to accomplish its purpose. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you that you know my name. And that you see me and you love me. Lord God, and you love everyone that is here this morning. I'm going to hand the microphone off to Pastor. And if anybody wants prayer, if anybody wants to come down front and have prayer. If you want to leave some baggage at this altar, the altar is open. The altar is something that should still be used and utilized in a church. So if you want prayer this morning, we're ready to pray with you. So come on down. Thank you, Pastor Bob. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jim, for that wonderful word. You know, if we if we're not faithful then how will they hear? So blessed are the feet of they who preach the gospel. While Jim was preaching, I thought of a over 40 years ago, a young lady or child, I don't know, because I never saw the person that hollered into a bar room that morning that I was in and said, Jesus loves you. I did know that that next 3 o'clock the next morning, that I'd be driving a motorcycle at excessive speed and would come to a corner that I could not make. But those words were like a church bell in my heart. And I cried out, Jim, and said, Jesus, if you love me, save me. I'm going to die, no doubt. So it was the faithfulness of somebody who may have gone away and said, what have I ever done for Jesus? I've never seen, but see, God knows. God says, my word will not return unto me void, but the purpose will be fulfilled. And he said, and I've put in earthen vessels, I'll put my glory. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And no matter how 
a base, uh, your words may seem to you. Those words of Jesus can transform the life. And I promise you, and I'll tell you this, I would not be standing here 33 years pastor, almost 40 years of ministry. Never would have happened if somebody didn't speak the name of Jesus. And God has commissioned us, church. And he's saying to you, and as, as, as Brother Jim here was saying to you, don't dismiss yourself. If you, you feel unworthy, well, you know, Peter did too. And he got so frustrated, and I don't want to re-preach. But he said, I'm going fishing. And the disciples said, hey, you know what? I'm going with you. They'd come to the conclusion that who are we? Uneducated, undisciplined fishermen. Obviously, we can't do it, Lord. We've forsaken you, every one of us. We, have, we had one that was even stealing out of the offering plate and, 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 and betrayed you. Lord, we're just a bunch of ragtag people. And you know what? We're better off what we used to do. We're better off fishing. But what God said, no. Thank God he doesn't leave us or forsake us. Because he knew when they were about 100 yards offshore, he was sitting there making breakfast for them. Isn't that one? That's my Jesus. Amen. Stand with me, please. The Bible said, anyone here that lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberally. What I am sharing with you and what what Brother Jim is sharing with you, Evangelist Jim, Blodgett is this. He loves you. And he wants you to hit the mark of the high call. He wants you to do that. So what I'm asking you, if you want prayer, if you want strength, you're saying, you know, I feel alone. I feel weak. He said, in your weakness, I am my power and my love is perfected. If you need prayer, please come. Pastor and Brother Jim will will pray for you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.